0: Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a stroll through the enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens, adorned with lighted trees and displays on our half-mile paved trail with 500,000 sparkling lights at Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights in Vienna, Virginia. Get to Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights open November 10 through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at winterwalkoflights.com. over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
1: You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life could just close the book and sit down, but the Lord gave me some revelation today about a familiar subject that that I've taught on before often, but he showed me something last night that rocked my world. And uh, and so we're going to get into the word today, but just just say this to yourself. Say today. Today, Say your name. Say this is the last day day you will spend spend discussing discussing what's been defeated. Don't listen, listen. This week, don't you spend no time talking about your enemies, talking about, talking about who this and who that and who that and who this and who that. Uh, it don't even matter. Uh, uh, what the girls say, it doesn't even matter at all. Say, it doesn't matter. You got that? Today, we're getting ready to start a brand new series, which is a topic that's very passionate to me. It is the topic, uh, sins of the fathers, breaking generational curses. Uh, and so today, we are going to begin the journey and the process of your bloodline destroying and disrupting every curse. Now, look, look at me real good. Look at me real good. You look at me real good. You looking at me real good? You were born to be the interruption to the dysfunction Of your bloodline. (laughs) You were not born to perpetuate and reproduce and recreate the foolishness of the bloodline before you. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Shout this, I am the interruption interruption to the dysfunction of of my bloodline. Today, I begin the process. Of walking, that out. of walking that out. My bloodline, my bloodline will, never will never be the same, be the same after, this after this series. As you're standing with me, lift your Bibles high. We're going to get into the Word. Let's make our confession of faith together. Are you ready? Let's make it. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word, I am a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message. Remain standing. Go to Numbers chapter 14. We welcome those at every campus today, those on the Internet campus and the mobile apps and all of that. We welcome you today into this worship experience. Numbers chapter 14, verse number 18 Numbers 14, verse number 18. Numbers 14, verse number 18. When you have it, say, I got it, Bishop. Got it. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. Hold on. That's cool. Genesis. <laughs> Revelation. No, I'm just <laughs> Numbers 14, 18. You got it? Now, now watch this. I need you to say this again. Watch this. The, the, the power of what I'm getting ready to release into your life today was powerful before it was ever released. If you receive this today as just some church service, if you receive this today as just another message, if the, watch this, then you are going to be the repetition of what God was trying to change in your bloodline. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But if you will receive this today as something that is intended to interrupt, disrupt, and to set up the blessing Everything changes for you today. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's not a problem with delivery. There's often the problem with receptivity. Say, so I'm going to receive this right. Numbers fourteen eighteen. The Lord is long-suffering, which means patient. And he is abundant in mercy. Mercy is when God does not allow to happen to you what you rightfully deserve to happen to you. Forgiving iniquity and transgression. Watch this. But he by no means clears the guilty. He visits the iniquity of the fathers, which just means previous generations, to the children. Watch this. Here's how long it goes. To the third and to the fourth generation. Now, now I need you to look at me. I need you to look at me because we we, got to do some work here as I lay the foundation of this series. He says, the Lord is patient. And he's abundant in mercy. And he's a forgiving God. But he said, don't for one second think that his forgiveness erases the consequences of your actions. Because they will visit to the third and to the fourth generation. Which means, look at me. You sitting in here looking at me today, you may be 22, 32, 42, 52, 62, 72, 82, 92. But the reality is, is you're at least 200 plus years old. Because you are dealing with three and four generations of history. That there is stuff in your bloodline that you can't figure out why you do that. And why you act like that. And why every woman in your family is like this. And why every man in your family is like that. And God says it's because the iniquity of the generations before you, it visited down to you. So some of y'all are dealing with stuff from folk that are dead and gone, but you're still dealing with their demons. And that's why when you wake up in the morning, you can, I don't know why I do this, and I don't know why I do that, and I don't know why I feel like this, but by the time this series is over, I said by the time this series is over, Every demon from the generations before you and every curse from the generations before you shall be broken. Speak now, Lord. I decrease that you might increase. I pray that you would customize, tailor, make this message. Father, anoint their ears to hear so that there would not be an issue in receptivity, so that there would not be an issue in productivity from having received the word. Move in this place in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you take your seats, high five, two or three people, and tell them to the third and fourth generations. To the third. I want to begin by laying some foundation here uh, so that we can move in what God has ordained in this series. Say sin to the fathers. Say it again. Say sin to the fathers. There are three primary forms of sin according to the Bible. The first uh, is sin. Sin literally means to miss the mark. Uh, it means I was intending to go into one direction and something, somehow, some way got me uh, to where I missed the mark. Here was the bullseye, but I did not hit the bullseye. I hit way over here. Here was the intended target, but I hit over here. That word is sin. Uh, the second kind of uh, sin in the scriptures is called transgression. Say, transgression. Transgression is to willfully deviate from what you know to be correct. Transgression is somebody tells you, go straight and turn left, and you go left and turn straight. Uh, Even though you did them, you didn't do them the way you were told to do them, so you willfully deviated from what you knew to be correct. Uh, Transgression is God says, don't marry them, and you say, but I'm lonely. And then later on, you're trying to figure out why in the world is there so much hell in a relationship. It's because you transgressed, and now you're the one that's got to make it work because God says he ain't getting involved with that because he said not to do it in the first place. There's a quiet church here. Uh, transgression. Transgression is where you willfully deviate from what you know to be the truth. And it's not that you did not know. You just chose to act like you did not know. And, and I'm so glad that we serve a God that number says that he'll forgive our transgressions. Because if we're honest, every single one of us has transgressed at some point or another. Every single one of us thought we knew better than God. Every single one of us thought we knew better than the man of God God assigned to our lives. And I'm so glad that he's a forgiving God. Is any former transgressors in here that can just be thankful that he'll forgive you when you know you were wrong and you know you shouldn't have did it? Here, watch this. The third kind of sin, though, is iniquity. Iniquity. Say iniquity. Uh, Generally speaking, when this word appears in Scripture, it is referring to generational sin that is passed down. Generational sin uh, that is passed down. Watch this. This series is going to equip you and empower you to, to conquer the iniquity of your bloodline. So watch the Scripture, Exodus 34, 5. Here we see a repetition of what was already stated In Numbers 14, Numbers 34, 5 says, Now the Lord descended in the cloud, and he stood with him there, and he proclaimed the name of the Lord, talking about Moses. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, he's merciful, and he's gracious. See, mercy is when he doesn't give you what you do deserve. Grace is when he gives you what you don't deserve, which is better than what you did deserve. See, grace is when God says, "The truth is, you don't really qualify to have the job that you have." But grace steps in and just makes it happen. Uh, grace is when, when you went to the car lot, they should have sent you out the door, but somehow, someway, y'all don't know nothing about grace. Grace is when you should have got evicted, but somehow, someway, your landlord had favor on you. Grace is when she should have walked out on you long. T- grace is when God should have gave up on you a lot. time ago. I need some monitor, please. Watch this. So it says, he's merciful and gracious. He's long-suffering or patient and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands. Watch this. Forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. So in this particular scripture, you see he makes the delineation between the three predominant types of sin that appear in scripture. But look at what it says. By no means clearing the guilty. Check check this out. here's, Here's the issue. Sometimes we think. Well, I'm forgiven by God, and I'm forgiven by a person, which means there's nothing more I have to do because I'm forgiven. Therein lay the difference between an apology and repentance. An apology says, forgive me. Repentance says, not only forgive me, but I got a plan in place so that it's my intention to not do that again. So the scripture says, watch this, stay with me now, that he is faithful and just to forgive us if we confess our sins. But he does not just require our apology. He says, I also want your repentance, which means God says, I don't expect you to be perfect, but I do at least expect you to have some kind of plan in place on how you're going to try to avoid that again. It's not repentance if you say, Lord, forgive me. And you say, but I'm going to do it again tomorrow anyhow. That's it, it, not repentance. That's an apology. So the scripture now here says that he forgives the uh, iniquity, transgression, and sin. But he doesn't clear the guilty. He visits them. If he visits the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children. Watch this. To the what? Third, Third and fourth generation. Now, now, now watch this. So, so here's the question. Some of you say, Bishop, what is a generational curse? and What is that? Listen, a generational curse is a destructive pattern of behavior that has passed from one generation to the next. Watch this. This means that some of the issues you deal with are linked to generations before you. Watch this. Watch this. Listen to me. That means then your actions in 2014 are not just affecting your 2014. It means what you're doing right now in your life is setting the stage for what three and four generations after you are going to deal with. Which means, I said this already, you, your neighbor, looks real nice and young because they got their good skin cream on. But they're dealing from anywhere from 150 to 400 years of generational junk Okay, let me make it real practical. There are certain, shall we say, ethnicities of people that have certain mindsets because the truth is they're only 151 years from being free. That's why when a word like what's being preached here is preached, people will fight that word because that's a word that's getting people off the plantation. And it's a word that's breaking the slave mindset. What's this? uh What's this? (laughs) I says, which means God says, you still dealing with stuff from folks that was on fields picking cotton. And when God tries to upgrade you and God tries to free you, you sit here and give him some okie doke clown talk. Because you're sitting up free because you got your car and you got your house and your 2.3 kids. But God looks at you and says, but you think like a slave. I am come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. And you keep arguing with me, trying to be average, trying... I need some monitor here. Watch this. 90% or more of the issues you face are connected to the generations that have come before you. Watch this. I know what some of you are thinking. But Bishop, didn't Jesus take every curse away I don't believe in generational curses. Well, listen, I really don't care what you believe. Uh, Listen, you don't have to believe in gravity. So after church, I'd like to take you on top of the building. Because I just want to show you how what you believe is inconsequential to what's true. I don't believe that. I don't care what you believe. It don't change the fact that it's true. And then when you get on top of the building, I want you to jump. And now uh, you're going to sign a waiver before you jump. Actually, it doesn't matter. If you check your communique, you've already waved it. So. Uh, but watch this now. <laughs> oh, watch this now. And I want you to jump. And then when your body is on the ground and you are bloody and you look like a scene from Second Kings when Jezebel was cast out of the window and the dogs are coming and licking up her blood from the broken pieces of her body because she thought she could challenge God in God's order. What I want for you to do what I want for you to do is then tell me that you no longer believe in gravity. Look at the neighbor said. Doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It it. It's still true. It's true. But but let me take you through what Jesus actually did. Galatians three thirteen. This is what Jesus actually did. It says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Uh, the curse of the what? Law. Not the curse of your generations. The curse of the what? Law. Now, now somebody said, well, Bishop, what was the curse of the law? Well, it gets ready to tell you. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. Bishop, what are you trying to say? When Jesus was on that cross, watch this, not only did he pay the price to give you the potential ability to be free, but what he was specifically paying the price for was so that we would not have to keep the law. What's the law? Torah. Bishop, what do you mean Torah? Some of you, some of you already lost. First five books of the Bible. In Torah, how many people like lobster? How many people like bacon? Right. See, in Torah, you can't eat now one of those. Now, I'm so thankful I'm under Jesus. Jesus. Because I like bacon-wrapped lobster. You understand what I'm saying to you? Give me some bacon butter to dip my lobster in. You follow what I'm saying to you? So, 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 so. Bishop, what are you trying to say? The ritualistic application of Torah, which was that an animal had to be sacrificed, Jesus became that final sacrifice as the final lamb and said, Now I have been perfect, so now that I don't expect that from them. I just expect them to be faithful. In other words, Jesus did what we could never do so we could experience what we were never going to be able to experience had we been subjected to keeping the law. Look at verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Watch this, look at me. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law and the penalty of sin, which was death and damnation. Now, look at me. Had Christ stopped all curses, then you wouldn't even have the power to sin. But we still have a choice in the matter. Say, I have a choice. Uh, Listen, here's the next thing, because I just need you to understand how this exists. Because if you deny its existence, then you'll deny it needs fixing. What's this? Just look at your bloodline. Look at your kinfolk. Translation Denver. Look at your family. It's very clear that Jesus didn't take them away. Are you going to sit up here and act like your bloodline ain't got some stuff? you going to sit up here and act like every woman in your family ain't got some drama and some mess? Are you going to act like that? Okay, that's how y'all going to act. Fine. Instead, what Jesus gave us was an opportunity to choose better once we know better. Say, I can choose better once I know better. While Jesus forgives the curses of the previous generations, the actions still live. While Jesus forgives, the action still lives. What's this? Jesus did not take them away, but he gives us power over them. This is what he's trying to say. While you're born again, and if you're not by the end of this worship experience, we believe that you will be. You can still live and act like you're not. Let me give you an example. There are uh, now this group of children, they are called feral children, F-E-R-A-L. And the feral children, I've told you this before, are children who, for whatever reason, were raised by wolves. And they were raised by wild animals. And so now uh, they spend their entire uh, childhood living like wolves. They eat like wolves. They hunt like wolves. They bark like wolves. They hibernate and do the, all the different things that wolves do. Watch this. And one day, uh, in particular studies, and there have been many studies, you can Google it for yourself, There have been many studies about it where when the children would be discovered, doctors would then come and they would try to teach the children that they were not dogs, but they were humans. But the children would fight to be like what they learned because what they learned was all they knew. So the doctors would try to have a conversation, but the child would... You're not hearing what I'm saying. The doctors would try to initiate a human conversation and get a human response, but the feral child would respond like a dog. And so the doctor's sitting here saying, well, listen, do you know what happened to you? Woof, woof, woof. You're not hearing what I'm saying. While Jesus gives us power over the generational curses, his issue is when he tries to set you free, you start barking. Oh, you're not getting what I'm saying. Jesus says, I'm trying to upgrade your life, and you keep, and you keep acting like what you were raised with, and you keep acting like the. All right. What's this? You still with me? So, 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 So now we understand then that he gives us power over them, but he did not take them. So then the question becomes, well, Bishop, how does a generational curse work? Now, I need you to stay with me. Because the Lord showed me something last night I had never seen. I've taught on this before. It's even part of KLU. Uh, but I, he showed me something last night that literally, I, y'all know Bishop Bright, and, and I literally, I text him about 400 times. <laughs> and I called him about 400 times. And, 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 and I said, OMG. I said, this right here. I said, this right here. (laughs) Touch your neighbor and say, this right here, this right here. (laughs) Now, listen, I need to speak to the slaves for a moment. Please fix your face so so that you can get free today. Look to your neighbor and say, please fix your face so you can get free today. I'm here to tell you, you're going to break that debt off your bloodline. I'm here to tell you, you're going to break that cancer off your bloodline. I'm here to tell you, breast cancer is getting ready to break off your bloodline. I'm here to... Don't fight the liberator, baby. Just let Harriet take you on to the underground room. So here's how, I watch this, a generational curse works. The sins of the fathers. Fathers here just means past generations of your bloodline. They visit down to the third and fourth generation. So let's just count it out. You, your mother, father, one generation. Grandmother, grandfather, second generation. Great, third generation. Great, great, fourth generation. Now check this out. The scripture's implication here is not just a chronological passing. The scripture's implication is the passing of a mindset, which means if your mammonim was like your grandmamanim, the scripture says that's really only one generation. And then if she, he, he and she were like he and she, then really you're only at one generation. You're still here. Yeah. No, 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 stay with me. Stay with me. Uh, somebody say this right, here. this right here. So here's what happens. The Bible says it visits down to the third and fourth generations, which, which really means in, 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 its, in its revelatory uh, explanation, mindsets. But for the sake of our discussion, let's just not make it uh, qualitative. Let's make it quantitative. So let's only go back to great, great. So here's what it does. It comes and it visits You. You still hear? Now, when a curse shows up to visit you, you hear? Because we have already discovered what a generational curse is. Now, the word curse means an empowerment to fail. You only fail when something is not handled or appropriated properly. Why is it that you and your neighbor have the same amount of time in the day, but one seems to succeed and one seems to fail? It is because there's something different working on them that might be working on somebody else. Stay with me. This is going to be good for us. Say, this is going to be good for us. When a curse shows up to visit you, I want you to imagine somebody coming to your house unannounced. And they give that popo knock, you know. Come on. Y'all really need to come on here. You know. They give the police officer knock. Now somebody said, Bishop, I don't know nothing about that, but you got some friends that know about that. Who what? is that? You tell somebody to come over here. Who is that? Shh, shh. Go in the kitchen. Go in the kitchen. Don't y'all act like that. Y'all better shout if you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Some of y'all did it yesterday because somebody showed up on the night. Who is that? We got the blinds. And then parents, then you get mad at your child because they didn't know to go to the little blind at the bottom, but you didn't tell them, and they pull the whole thing down. Whatever. Would somebody online tell me you know what I'm talking about? Cause these people. And then now you didn't blow on the cover because you get mad trying to correct them. No, not that one. <laughs> Here's the point. An unexpected visitor, watch this, you're unprepared for their visit. Which means you have not had time to prep yourself for whatever it is that the visitor is bringing. Oh, God. And that's the way a generational curse works. Is you weren't expecting it to show up. So when it shows up, you don't know what to do with it except to let it in. Y'all remember the, ch- the kid book, When You Give a Mouse a Cookie? Some of you may... Maybe know that book. It was a little kid's book. The, the movie, or the movie, the book says, they should make a movie. The book says, if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want some milk. And it kept going, if he wants some milk, he's going to want a straw. Come on, so then we're just going to get it from over here. And if you give him a straw, he's going to want a napkin. If you give him a napkin, he's going to want to take a nap. And when he want to take a nap, he's going to want to use you, that's okay. We're going to make it up. He's going to want to use your couch. And when he use your couch, he going to want your blanket. And when he use your blanket, he's going to say, well, can I just crash here? And can I just crash here for one day is going to turn into, well, can I have another day? You're not hearing what I'm saying. The curse comes and only makes you think it wants one thing. But what you don't understand is it showed up to take everything in your house. And when the curse shows up, it shows up. Watch this. I'm trying to illustrate it so you get the point. It shows up with hand-me-downs. You, you know what hand-me-downs are, don't you? Hand-me-downs are clothes received from the previous generation that now you must wear. Anybody know something about hand me down Now watch this. Let's be honest. There were some hand-me-downs that the truth be told you have been eyeing it for some time. It's some stuff that you were like, I'm so glad you can't fit that no more. Yeah. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's some shoes some folk then gave you, and like, I'm so glad you your feet is messed up, cause who I've been eyeing those. But there's some hand me downs. Some flower shirts. Some bell bottoms. Some boots with the fish tanks at the bottom. What y'all know about that? Y'all don't know nothing about that. It's some stuff that you're like, "Uh." but you want to be grateful, right? So, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do with that. Hmm. Okay. What's this? It shows up with hand-me-downs. Watch this. It shows up with clothes from three to four generations before you that you feel comfortable in because they've been in your bloodline, but they don't fit you. Poverty may have been nice for your mom and them, but it ain't all right for you. Sickness may have been nice for your mom and them but it ain't all right for you. (laughs) Messed up relationships may have been all right for your mama and them, (laughs) but it don't fit me. (laughs) Dysfunction may have been all right for y'all, but it doesn't fit me. But watch this. Watch this, Harvest, if y'all don't allow me to revelate for a moment. Tonight I was considering, uh, yesterday the Lord was showing me some powerful things about commanding your year. And he showed me some real powerful stuff. And I said, Lord, I almost want to have a special Sunday night worship experience. And I was like, well, I don't care who show up. If if it's me and the people that's going to be with me, (laughs) then that's who it'll be. Because I said, oh, my goodness, I got to release this. I said, I got to just find somebody to release. I don't know. I'll tape a video and put it on YouTube, something. I got to get this out. But watch this. But watch this. Watch this. The curse visits. Say it visits. The scripture says, and it visits the iniquity of the fathers, the previous generations, to the what? Third and fifth. that word "visits" rocked my world yesterday. Because at first glance, you think, "Oh, that's a good illustration." Bishop, he comes to the house and knocks at the door, and that kind of thing. But I said, "Oh Lord, most holy and wonderful God, what does this Thou meaneth in the Hebreweth?" He said, son, the word visits, and I looked it up, it is the same Hebrew word that is used for pastor. So watch this now, paqad, P-A-Q-A-D, which is the Hebrew word that is used to describe a man of God or a pastor. Check this out. Stay with me, and it'll rock your world too. In essence, the scripture says this in Numbers 14, 18, The Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he by no means clears the guilty, letting, watch this, the iniquity of the fathers, pastor the third and fourth generation. I ain't got a church that speaks the king's English, but I'm going to get one. Watch this. That's why some of you have been sitting up under this teaching, and you still see no significant progress. It's because Bishop Foreman ain't your pastor. Your curse is. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Jesus isn't your Lord. Your generational curses are. But I got an announcement for hell. That's the ending in this series. Let me back it up because I can see some of us didn't catch it. God says, I will allow the generational curses and sin of the generations before you to pastor you so let me slow it down that's why some of you can say I, I'm going to church and and it, it just don't seem like it's working it's because while you got a V on because you got a t-shirt on the reality is your generational curses are your pastor You say, Jesus is my Lord. No, he's not. He's your Savior. You call on him when you're in a rough spot. He don't run nothing in your life. You do what you want, when you want to do it, how you want to do it. And then when you need him to save you, oh, Jesus. who I love Jesus. Oh, God, ain't he good. And God says, in this series, I need to shift you from being pastored by your curses and being pastured by your dysfunction Shout this. Say, my generational curses my generation will, no my will no longer be my pastor. So watch this. Here's what the word there means. It's powerful. It didn't rock your world as it rocked mine. That's okay. I'm fine. Watch this. Picard. Say Picard. In the Greek, it's the word pastor is pomon that's often used. Uh, but watch this. Picard, it means, listen, there's so many definitions of it that I had to read them to you so you understood how this generational curse thing works. Because what you don't understand is, is while you just say, oh, that's just how Pookie and them are, that, that, that's just how June and them are, that's just how Auntie is, what you don't understand is that's a curse. And, and you're looking and saying, well, that's just how our family is. And, then, and you're justifying your curse because your curse has become your pastor. Why is it? Okay, watch this. man. I, I gotta get this. I gotta get this. Y'all still with me? Yes. Picard. Here's what it means: appoint. Now, there's so many definitions, note takers. You're gonna have to go real quick. And we can get to CD. Appoint. And I will appoint the iniquity of the previous generations over the third and fourth generations. It means avenge, bestow, to give, charge, to commit to, to visit with friendly and hostile intent at the same time. Which means the curse seems like your friend because you know it. See, being out of order seems like your friend because you know it. But what you don't understand is it is has hostile intent. How is it you this far in your life and what you should have had be able to show as fruit in your life, you don't. It's because your curse has been your pastor. But after this series, I wish I had some faith folk that say my curse has stolen from me for the last time. How is it that you work as hard as you do and have as little to show as you do? I'm not talking to everybody, but I'm talking to somebody. It's because there's been a curse that showed up like your friend, but it really wanted to take everything in your house. Watch this. It means to oversee It is where we get the concept of the bishop, the overseer. It means, watch this, watch this, watch this, it's going to rock you, you ready? It means to care for. He says the reason you get so comfortable with your generational stuff is because it made it look like it's been caring for you. So you justify your rebellion because it makes you think that it's been on your side. You justify your actions by saying, well, a man's going to be a man. And so you justify it. Y'all ain't got to say nothing to me. You, you say it like this, ladies. Well, every woman in my family is like this. Right. Every one of them is a witch. You're exactly right. They are manipulators. You're exactly right. Shut that door. We finna go to work. Because I just believe that it's some bloodlines that's getting ready to turn overnight. I just believe it's some families that things are getting ready to move in your favor overnight. I just... No, y'all can leave it open. You can leave it open. I'm just I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Here's what it means to, watch this, deposit. He said, and the curse of the generations before you shall deposit into you. Watch this. Watch this. You still here? It it means, watch this. It means to be empty. Mm -hmm. To go see. Watch. To hurt. To do judgment. Judgment is correction by force. To lack. He said, and I will cause the iniquity of the generations before you to cause you to lack. Then I will cause you, here's the next definition, to look. <laughs> you so busy looking at what everybody else got going on. You, you know what I figured out? The reason some of y'all in everybody else's business is because you ain't got no business of your own. Why don't you get you some business and you ain't got to be in everybody else's business? How you know what everybody else is doing and what everybody else got going on? It's because you ain't doing nothing. That's how you know. Touch your neighbor and say, get the hell up out of my business. Get I apologize. I apologize. I meant hell like person place thing idea. Everything going up on (laughs) it. this, it means, watch this I feel a push here it means, watch this, it means to punish and I will allow the iniquity of the generations before you to punish the third and fourth generations and some of you this is why you say stuff like, I just don't know why it seems like my whole life has been a struggle it's because God says, you're paying the punishment for some stuff, for some folk you ain't even met. It means to set over and to visit. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I declare right here, right now, that my generational curses will no longer be my overseer. Will no longer Be my pastor. pastor. I am am making a declaration declaration of freedom. freedom. What's this? I I, got to talk us through it. I got to talk us through it. Y'all okay? Okay. Now, I know some of you may still be bit shook for how you, you had to just get real frank with your neighbor. But I want to assure you, you were not using profanity. You were telling them to see one of the Greek words for hell is Gehenna, which means hot trash. So you were just saying, put a lid on your trash. So don't you go around telling me, I, this is not, don't you lie on me. I just prayed a prayer about you. Don't you lie on me. We're saying, get rid of that hot trash. Is everybody on the same page with me? Everybody on the same page with me? All right, very good, watch this. It was a trash heap outside of the city where, well, lots of things happened, but watch this. So I just want you to know we weren't cussing. You got it? And then how dare you even try to act like. Because if we put cameras in your car and got the tapes from your phone, you weren't saying "Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus." You speaking in tongues? Didn't he know? But aren't you glad that we serve a God that even when we speak in tongue, we ought not speak in that He'll forgive us? Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me, but I'm thankful for that because we didn't all spoken some tongue. You couldn't even go back in that place and invite them to church because you used so much tongue on them. <laughs> so watch this. Here's how the generational works. Generational curse works. It explains why people not knowing why they are the way they are or why they do the things they do. Watch this. Stay with me. i got to go into fifth gear. Generational curses are facilitated by what are called familiar spirits. Now, that sounds like a very deep term. It is not. Familiar, family, spirits, mindsets, the way your family thinks. So watch this. Let me give you the technical definition. A a familiar spirit is a pattern of behavior that is common to people within a certain family or region. It is the actions of someone in your bloodline before you working through you. Are you still here? Now watch this. I need to show you something in Mark chapter 5. So if you got a Bible or you got an iPad or whatever you got, just flip there Mark chapter 5. Because I need to show you how this familiar spirit works. So a generational curse works through the mindsets of the people in your family or the people in your region. Got it? There are regional territorial mindsets, principalities, the scripture calls them, and there are mindsets over regions that hold regions in captivity. For example, uh, certain cities like Detroit, Atlanta, etc., where they have thousands and thousands of churches and thousands and thousands of big old churches, but yet they, the people are still in poverty. It is because while Jesus is present, there is not a revelation of the power of his ability to break through poverty. So the mindset says, well, I got Jesus, and one day I'm getting up out of here. Well, what you don't understand is Jesus is going to look at you and say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. You worker of generational curses. You were supposed to break it, but yet you perpetuated it. He's going to say, why are you just like your mama them? And why are you just like your grandmama them? And why haven't you broken through anything? You still here? Now, let me be clear, because I know what some of you are thinking. Well, Bishop, everything wasn't bad. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that everything in the generations before you were bad. There were certain things that maybe you got that were good. Maybe it was a strong worth ethic. That's good. Maybe it was knowing Jesus. That's good. It's not that everything was bad, but check this out. Often the issue that we face is that the little bit that was off kilter is the little bit that keeps you off focus. Do you hear what I'm saying? So I don't want you to think that everything was bad. And No, 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 no. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is is that there were certain actions that got set into motion and got set into place that now you are left dealing with the pieces of it, which then should make us question the things we put into motion now, knowing that there are going to be three and four generations after us that are going to have to deal with that. You follow what I'm saying? Now now watch this. Watch this. (laughs) You hear? Now watch this. In in Mark chapter 5, there is a story now about a man who the scripture records as the gathering demoniac. This was a man, say a man, Amen. who had a legion of demonic spirits. And the word spirit in the Greek is pneuma, which in its most simple form means mindset. Sometimes when people think of demons, they think, well, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. Is that like those movies I saw? And is it? What you don't understand is, is a demon operates by mindset. It, 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 it Watch this. You know why it's so hard to change your mind? It's because your mind has to be used to change it. So sometimes it becomes difficult to extract a solution from the same place that the problem is. So when you think of demons, I don't want you to just get all out there, and I'm not saying that there's not an element of that, but for what we're dealing with, I don't want you to think, well, no, that's not me because my head didn't spin around and because my eyes ain't dark black. I, I just don't want you to think that, that, that that's always what that means. So watch this. He's a demoniac, and the scripture records that the man is cutting himself and that the man. Is hollering and screaming, and the man is living in tombs, which means the man is living, watch this, in a place called regret. You wanna know hell on earth? Regret. Because you're saying, I should have, I would have, I could have. Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do this? And so literally when Jesus makes this description he says that there will be a place called weeping and gnashing of teeth, uh, an amateur looks at that and says he's talking about hell. To the contrary. Uh, What Jesus was talking about is a place where people live in perpetual regret, which causes grief. And then that causes pain. Well, then pain means hurt. So then hurting people hurt people, so they perpetuate their own hurt. Can I tell you, it ain't every friend you've had that's been wrong. It ain't been every employer that you work for that's been wrong. It ain't been every pastor you had that's wrong. And it sure ain't me. So we clear. So the man is living in the tombs. Dead stuff. He's living in a place where dead stuff is. He's living in regret. He's living in, when I was three, this happened. He's living in, when I was four, this happened. He's living in, why did my dad want me? He's living in, why did my mama treat me like that? He's living in, why did she favor him over me? She's living in, I always get the short end of the deal. He's living in, nothing ever seems to work out for me. He's living in, why did that man cheat on me? He's living in, why did that woman treat me like that? He's living in yesterday. And the Bible says, are you still here? i got to talk us through it. i got to talk us through it. The Bible says that he's cutting himself with stones. Verse 5, it says that there. Uh, Watch this. And he's crying out while he's there. He's hurting, but he's isolated himself so that nobody can hear his hurt. He's in pain, but his pride won't let him get help. He's hurting, but his pride won't let him get help. He's in pain, but his pride makes him think, I got this. Well, if you got it, you would have had it, but you don't. I don't need nobody to help me. I got this figured out. I can do this. Well, if you could have, you would have. Since you didn't, you can't. It's real quiet in the cathedral today. So this man is sitting there, and Jesus comes on the other side of the lake. And Jesus begins to walk. And watch this. When the man sees him, verse 6, it says, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. Worship means he gave him worth. So evidently now, this is a man who has had a problem receiving leadership. Which means his own damnation came as a result of his rebellion. verse 7 and he cried out with a loud voice watch this and says what do i have to do with you jesus son of the most high god i implore you watch this by god that you don't torment me he tried to spiritualize his dysfunction people just don't understand me because i'm anointed that could be true or you could be rude Attacking the things of God because I have a higher perception of God. I'm talking about preachers because I know more than the preachers. You spiritualize your rebellion. Good luck with that. You spiritualize while you lie. That's what I told him shit to do. You you spiritualize. Why you compromise? And I'm not beating you up or judging you. I'm just showing you what the man did. Look look at the verse. Here's what it says. Put the verse. There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. (laughs) And he cried out with a loud voice and said, God, what do I have to do with you? I ask you, God, by God, not to mess with me. Notice, he said, don't torment me. Check this out. Which means he knew he was getting ready to get free. And the curses through their hardest fight because he knew he was about to get free. Can I tell you what you need to watch out for? Is when all of a sudden unexplained feelings start to try to paralyze you, and all of a sudden crazy thoughts start trying to mess with you, it's because the demons know they got to get ready to loose their hold. And so they feel tormented because truth shows up. Even by me preaching this word today, some of your generational junk feels tormented. (laughs) Verse 8. Look what it says. For he said to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Then he asked him. Notice, he told him to come out. Then he said, now, by the way, who are you? Some people know so much stuff about the enemy. But this is the devil of this, and this is the demon of this, and this is the devil of this, and this is the demon of this. Notice Jesus is like, Come out. Oh, and who are you? He says, What's your name? What's your name, Neil? And he answered and said, My name, watch it, is Legion. For we are many. One man is speaking, and he goes from single to plural, in the same sentence. That's how a generational curse works. Is it makes you act like you've got multiple versions of you. You got the Sunday church version. But But that's not even a good part. I was trying to do all that to get to verse 10. Verse 10 says, Also, he begged him. Now, he just said, my name is Legion, for we are many. So who answered? The spirits. The mindsets. The curses. Got it? You missed it. The curses answered. You missed it. The dysfunction answered. The man was so wrapped up in his junk. That he didn't answer, his junk did. God tells you you're going to be great, and you fight God saying you're going to be great because your junk answers. But not anymore. That was then. But look at verse 10, because verse 10 is the coup de grace. It says, also he begged him earnestly. Who's him right there? Jesus. That he would not send them out of the country you still here? you still here? verse 11 I'm going to come back to that now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains so all the demons messed up mindsets the generational curses. Here's what they said. Uh, Send us into the swine that we may enter them. And at once, Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. So now it tells you what a legion is. About 2,000 of them. There were 2,000 generational patterns operating in this particular bloodline. That when they see Jesus, their only concern is not being sent out of the country. Stay with me, because I'm going to help you. I'm going to hope you're real good if you let me help you. Look at verse 13. And at once, Jesus gave them permission. The unclean spirits went out and into the swine. they about 2,000. Look, and the herd, watch this ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned into the sea. I need to give you two levels of revelation and I need you to catch it real fast. The first is Jesus showed up right before the curses were getting ready to take the boy's life. When Jesus sent him into the swine, they then tossed the swine to go drown themselves. Some of you can't figure out why you can't fight the depression off and why you can't fight off the negative thoughts and why you keep going up and down and up and down. It is because the curse is not just trying to mess your day up. The curse is trying to get you to take It's a thief that comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. It's trying to take you out. But back to verse 10. He begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. (laughs) Country in the Greek here means the inhabitants of a territory. What What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? In the day we're reading the scripture, the inhabitants of a certain territory were normally family because they did not move far away from the place they were raised. In fact, today, the statistics say most people don't move beyond 10 miles of where they grew up, which means your curse said, don't go that far because I got a hold on you. So when it says, do not send us out of this country, the curses are literally saying, we own this bloodline. I got his daddy. I got his daddy's daddy, and I'm going to get him too. Ooh, but I think it's some folk that showed up to harvest today that say, you've been found out, and you may have gotten the generations before me, but it ends with, Watch this. I got to set it. I got to set it. Watch this. Be seated. I got to set it. And he begged him earnestly. Y'all okay? That he would not send them out of the country, the inhabitants of a territory, the family, the bloodline. Which means what this boy was dealing with, somebody before him dealt with. And somebody before him dealt with. And watch this. And it killed them. How do we know? Because it wanted to kill him. Y'all missed what I just said. So the reason they said they were tormented, watch this, is because every spirit or curse has an assignment. Proverbs 26, 2, there's not a curse causes that comes. Which means the curse said, I haven't fulfilled what I was here to do yet. So you're tormenting me because I was just getting ready to make him take his life. Watch this. I was just getting ready to make him throw in the towel. I was just getting ready to make him decide that average was his lot in life. I was just getting ready to make her decide that the jacked up relationship was okay. And you're tormenting me now because I didn't do what I was sent to do. Here it is. But the word that's used there in the Greek for country as a closely related word that's also often used for country in the Greek it is the word topos where we get our english word topography stay with me topos means passenger so look at verse 10 and he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of this passenger The passenger is the family. The passenger is the bloodline. Which means the curse said, we're here on an assignment to not only screw the bloodline up, but we control the region that way. That's why... When God sends me here to preach kingdom and, and to preach that heaven can be on earth, the region says, <clears throat> because we have had a stronghold on these people, making them think that they're just here to live, to die, so they can go to heaven one day, not realizing that He didn't save them from hell so they could live in it. The curse said, let us stay with these passengers. Let us stay with this bloodline. Can I give you a deeper revelation though? Mark tells the story. Luke tells the story. But when Matthew tells it, it's totally different. Matthew eight twenty-eight, And I want you to read it with me so you can see the same story. But watch the revelation of the story. Matthew eight twenty-eight. Ready? Read. Gergesenes. Stop harvest. Let's try this exercise one more time. Ready, read Gergesonese. Verse twenty nine. Y'all missed it. Mark said it was one man. Matthew records the same story, but says there's two men. Bitch what you trying to say? Your generational curses make you act like two different people. That explains some of the sociopathic behavior exhibited in your bloodline. It's because there are two different people operating. Wow. Sociopathic without regard to the feelings, emotions or consequences inflicted upon others. You still here? You sure? Somebody are like, "Whoa) But you see, they said, you've come to torment us before we've done what we intended to do. The enemy wanted to do everything he could to keep you from getting here, to hear this word, to keep you distracted, to keep you messed up, to keep you all in all kind of drama and issues. Because he knew that when this word and this series was released, that your curses were going to respond and say, but we didn't finish yet. But I got an announcement from the King of Kings. And from the Lord of Lords, yesterday was the last day that you're going to have a hold under anybody under the sound of my voice. Leave them alone. So watch this. i got to give you this last part. So generational curse now. Are you getting anything out of this? It works by a familiar spirit. A familiar spirit is the way that people in your family, and or region, bloodline, thing. Got it? Check this out now. A familiar spirit says, see, because what you don't understand is it's been studying you. It studied your bloodline so it knows what works. It knows who to send and when to send them. It knows what to let you see and what to let you not see. It's been studying you. See, one of the things about warfare is, is anybody engaging in warfare understands that you have to study the enemy that you're engaging in so that you know more about the enemy than the enemy thinks you know about them. And so what happens in warfare is that this thing studies you, and it says, I can see that every when a new year comes, they always are high hopes. So what we're going to do is we're going to ensure that something happens in the first few days of the year to try to get them off a target. toba. We're gonna to try to do something while they're motivated, because if I can take their motivation, I'm gonna ruin their whole year. It's been studying you. It's been studying you. It's been with your bloodline for three and four generations. So it knows when to send somebody on Facebook. Facebook was generational curses, as greatest as too. Because they know when to send somebody. How you doing? Y'all ain't going to talk to me? It knows. Because it's been studying you. It's been waiting. It's been in the cut. It was back here. Just kind of like doing this little thing, you know. And you were out there just saying, ooh, I'm commanding my day. I'm commanding my year. The Lord is moving. It's going to be the greatest year of my life. I know it. I'm breaking every curse. I'm the curse breaker." And then it was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you over there, watch this, because nobody had taught you to look for it until you came here. You ought to shout you're in a house that ain't just giving you cookies and cornflakes. You ought to shout that you're in a house giving a word. So it comes to visit. So it's in the cut, you know? It's just like, it's dodging, so you can't even see it. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's all over the place. You know, it's like, and then watch this. When your guard is down, You really don't think this is going to work for you, do you? See, it got your mom and them to be jacked up because it introduced the same junk. How come you, watch this single folk, how come you ain't got nobody? What's wrong with you? And then you go off saying, well, maybe I just need to get somebody. Because cause mom and them saying I need to get somebody. And maybe I just need to be with somebody. And what you don't understand is you went off and got Ike. And now you got a whole. You better talk to me. It says to you, well, all them friends you used to run with, where, where they go? Something must be wrong with you. Maybe you don't need to do all that church stuff. Just go back with your friends. man. Remember y'all used to smoke weed? And it's legal now. So. And the Bible says, don't disobey the laws of the land. Well, it's the law of the land now. And so, but what you don't understand, fool, is that when you get yourself, watch this, pharmacia, which is the Greek word sorcery, what you are practicing is actually sorcery. So what you're doing is opening up your mind so that your curse can now take over. And that's why when you think you're high, the curse says, I was just taken over. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing? Oh, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. I'll check your fingers in a minute. Don't look at me like that. Because I know what some of y'all are thinking. Tell him, Bishop. Oh, but no, the curse comes to you and says, have another bonbon. Because you're depressed. You're sad, aren't you? Eat some more. Eat some more. Eat that banana. Eat some more. Eat some more because you're depressed, aren't you? Aren't you? Things don't work for you. Have another bite. Matter of fact, you need a drink. That's what you need. Call your girls and y'all go get some drinks. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because I got your mama with a drink. So why can't I get you with a drink? I got your daddy with a little weed. Why can't I get you with a little weed? I got your grandmama with... It says if I got the generation before you, I'm going to get you too. I got the people in your generation before you by chasing money. They forsook everything else to chase a dollar. I got them like that. I'm gonna get you too. Cause I've been studying you. And I know more about you than you know about you. I know that look you have when you really want somebody to say what's wrong and nobody says what's wrong cause you're practicing passive aggressive behavior. And so what I do, watch what the curse does. So the curse shows up and says, well, what's wrong? Talk to me. Come and talk to me. Oh, baby, I really want to meet you. Can I talk to you? Oh, yeah. I want to know. I want to know. But what you don't understand is this already knows your name. It already knows your name it's already got your number because it's been studying you. So, a familiar spirit says, are you here? They tell me I got five minutes. I got to finish. I thought my goal today was to preach for 30 minutes. I shouldn't have, I should have commanded it. A familiar spirit says, if I destroyed by distracting the father with it, then I can get the son with it. Remember, fathers just means previous generations. Check this out. That's why, and, and this is a place where a lot of you are probably going to shout, and I'm through after two more things, like I say. <laughs> See, here's the deal. Some, some of you say, I, I, I know sometimes, especially the last couple of months, I, I've preached a little longer than normal. But you've got to understand that I get you for one hour, a couple of hours a weekend, And your goal is from that hour that you want to see your whole life change. So sometimes it takes more than a 20-minute message. You went to work for 40 hours last week. I only got two to give you this word. So forgive me when I go a little longer than normal. But I'm trying to change your bloodline. I'm trying to change your life and so. It's going to take longer than a 25-minute. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? So watch this. Here's what a familiar spirit does. And I'm setting you up for where we're going next week. Because some of y'all are saying, well, Bishop, can you name some of the curses? I will next week. Because some of you don't even know what you're doing is actually a curse. But the scripture lays them all out very clear. Look at this. Look at this. But I said, by the time this series is over, that's done. Oh yeah, generational curses, I came to torment you. Sure did, sure did. Because your reign over the people of God's life is over. That's why when some of you start making progress in your life, watch it. It's your family that tries to keep you bound. You just go to church. You just in that church. Just listen to that man. He ain't God. You better check the source. They broke. <laughs> They're miserable. You better check the source. <laughs> they ain't got nothing. They ain't had nothing. They ain't gonna be nothing. You better check the source. You just pay your tithes. I wouldn't be in my church, my money to no church. What they doing with the money? What they doing with the money? I gave four dollars. They didn't tell me what I did. Partner, I got your four dollars. Come get it. If you need your $4 that much, rest assured, uh, we, we got that. And you're just always reading your Bible. Man, come on out. Let's go do something. Let's go have some fun. Man, just, you just out there. Just, and, and, and you, oh, you think you something now. Oh, you think you're something. Well, why didn't you come to so-and-so's baby shower? Oh, you think you're something now. Oh, because you got that church and all oh, and that God. and oh, Okay. Uh-huh. And who is Bishop Farmer? Who is he? <laughs> I pray a prayer for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, you think you're better than us now, huh? Uh-huh. 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 And you're supposed to be a Christian. I heard you cuss. Oh, it's quiet in the church. huh? And you're supposed to be on the praise team. But you weren't making a joyful noise the other day. I saw you. I saw you. Watch this. And if your God is so good, why are you going through that? I don't do all that church stuff. And, and look, and look we're doing all right. So what good is your church stuff? Evidently, your prayers ain't working. Because the familiar spirit says... Its last attempt to defeat you is to use a family member or family members to try to pull you back into the garbage that God was bringing you out of. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? So I got to preach it like I want to. Go to a second CD. I'm sorry. I got to do it. Watch this. 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 In the Bible. Are y'all okay? I tell you, it's going to take a little longer. Let's get, I'm going to have you out way before the game starts. In fact, we need to be praying for him in the name of Jesus. Lord, touch. Lord, we ain't had a victory in the Super Bowl for a long time. So, Lord, why don't you just step on in? And I wish I had some agreement in here. Don't be a hater. Hater gets benched. Just go on and support the Broncos today. Just support them. They winning, so I'm on their team. You understand? Lord, touch Peyton. What y'all tell me? His ankle? What is it? What was wrong with Peyton today? His ankle? His neck? Lord, touch his neck. Lord, make that neck have a supernatural grace. I'm serious. To where he can shake it and rock it. And rock it and shake it. Touch his neck. What is it? His ankle. Oh, Lord, fix his ankle. Y'all think I'm playing. I'm serious. Don't be mad because your team didn't make it. Now, I know we ain't at the Super Bowl, but you got to call things that be not. Here it is. Watch this. I got to finish this. Y'all okay? I gotta finish this. I gotta finish this. I gotta finish this. In the scripture, when men of God were getting ready to raise up a spiritual son or a protege, what they would do is the same thing every time because they understood a very powerful principle about generational curses and familiar spirits. So let me take you through the entire scripture. Uh, I'll give you a few examples rather than not the entire scripture for the sake of brevity. Joshua, you know Joshua, right? Joshua marched around Jericho. Joshua now, uh, he was, his name, uh, the surname he had was the son of Nun. Nun in Hebrew means limitations, which means Joshua is literally the son of limitations. God now connects him divinely to Moses that becomes his man of God and becomes his leader, becomes his pastor, becomes all of that. You got it? Moses then, watch this, once he discovers that uh, uh, Joshua is going to be, and they'll put the verse up, Joshua 1 and 1. Once they discover that Joshua is the one that Moses is going to pour in and going to raise up, there had to be a separation from Joshua and Joshua's natural family because Moses understood that they didn't like the fact that one of the sons of limitation was getting ready to have limits taken off of him. You ain't got to say nothing to me. I'm not studying you. Fix your face. So, jo- so Moses then brought him around him. And ke- the scripture says that when Moses was doing the work of the tabernacle and when the glory would come down, Moses kept Joshua right next to him all the time because he did not want the other sons of none trying to make him a repetitive son of none. Limitations. We could just say it real simple, a son of none. He didn't have nothing.